A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. G'day folks and welcome to Australian UFO Sightings official podcast. I'm your host Anthony Goodall and you're listening to Encounters Down Under. Here we invite guests on the show to tell us about their encounters with aliens and UFOs, where most of our episodes were streamed live from our Facebook page, which gave listeners the opportunity to ask questions to our guests regarding their encounter. If you have had an encounter and would like to be a guest on the show, please get in touch with us. You can send us a message through our Facebook page, Encounters Down Under, or send us an email at australianufosightings at outlook.com.au. Be sure to join us on Facebook and share with your friends and family to help us grow, and hopefully encourage others to come forward with their encounter. If you're an iTunes listener and a fan of the show, why not give us that five-star rating and review, and you could have your review featured on the podcast. But enough of that, let's get into what you've been waiting for. So kick back, relax with your favourite beverage, and enjoy the show. G'day folks and welcome to our final episode of the season and the last episode to see us out for the end of year 2022. I'd just like to say a massive thank you to all my amazing guests on the show, helping to lead the way to bring credibility to the phenomena and helping break the stigma that's attached as well as encouraging others to speak openly about their experiences. So again, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having the show and uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed your company on the show as well. Also, a big thank you to all my listeners for supporting the show. I hope you have enjoyed the podcast and I look forward to bringing you some more great content with some more amazing guests. Also, if you have any suggestions and on where you'd like to see the show, then you know where to contact me as I'd love to get your feedback. So once again, thank you again, everyone. It's been an absolute pleasure bringing you this content and I look forward to bringing you some more content in the future. But without further ado, Chris joins us on this episode to help lead us out as he explains about a strange craft he encountered with his ex-partner and we discuss his opinions on the topic of the phenomena in general. So please welcome to the show, Chris. Welcome to the show there, Chris. Hey, g'day, Anthony. Mate, great having you on tonight, mate. It's um, fantastic having you on. So you've you had this really bizarre sort of experience there um, you had with a partner at the time, you know. You want to sort of run us through this experience of yours? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, this all happened back in my early 20s, I think about, I'm going to say 22 years ago from, from figures I've just thrown around in my head. Um, we live in the Newcastle area on Lake Macquarie. Beautiful spot, beautiful part of the world. Um, so the night of the event or the evening of the event, we were just cruising around. Um, we both lived with our parents at the time, so it was just pick up the girlfriend and cruise from spot to spot. And uh, one of our favourite haunts was Cold Point Boat Ramp. Um, beautiful spot on the water. Uh, lots of headlands out at Lake Macquarie to drive through and, and have a look around. So we're just chilling out at uh, Cold Point Boat Ramp, which is uh, sort of a, a cul-de-sac little setup looking out at the water, so we pulled right down in the cul-de-sac. We've got bird's eye view, and we're just sitting in the car shooting the breeze. Um, just somewhere through the conversation, Kate said to me, oh, hey, look, a UFO up, up in the sky and sort of pointed off to uh, would have been my my right shoulder sort of thing. So I ducked my head and had a look, and it was pretty, you know, she wasn't being uh, too excited or anything like that. It wasn't like, oh, look. So, you know, I've had a look over and just noticed in, it was – Early evening by then, so it was light still. And I've just noted this this tiny little bright 
looked like a star at the time or maybe a, an aeroplane like way, way off in the distance, sort of um, going behind some clouds. And uh, the more I looked at it, the more, and I actually said to her, hey, look, I think you're onto something here. And the way it was moving, which uh, wasn't going in one general direction, it was sort of doing a circle, but but dancing around, you know what I mean? Like doing the zigzaggy circle sort of thing, which made me really pay attention to it. Um, it's gone off behind some clouds and sort of come back out and shown itself again and then, and then sort of just went and it was gone. But with, you know, we're, we're scouring the sky. The clouds were really, really patchy, so it was pretty pretty clear sky that day. Um, and then over sort of another another suburb around where we live, which was clearly visible by lake, is Wanji Point. So over the headland at Wanji Point, we've spotted this little this little star, you know what I mean, because it, it's still early evening, very, very clear to see. There's no stars in the sky other than this tiny little bright pin, pinprick sort of light. Um, Distance-wise, mate, the best I can explain it is it was like it was a um, an airline aeroplane like it was that far away it was it was it was crazy far away so but I described it as over the headland of Wanji because that's the sort of land it was over um during this this sort of time you know maybe a couple of minutes have passed and it's starting to get a little bit darker and so we're watching this this little light and the more I think about it now I don't know whether it actually lit up like the high beams of a car but I've told this story to about five or six people and that's the way I've described it in the past so this thing lit up like the high beams of a car and within a millisecond was right in front of us. The light was off. As quickly as it come over, the light was off and it was just hovering on top of the water. No sound, no more than 30 metres away, no closer than 20 metres. So it was, it was in our face. Um, it was kind of cube-shaped, I'd say. It would have been about at a rough guess, say two metres tall by three metres wide. Uh, from from what I remember myself, as I spoke to you before, um, I've only got my own recollection. Kate and I obviously would have spoken about it, but 20-odd um, years ago, you know, uh, I, I don't remember any detailed conversations. But anyway, what I remember, this thing had an antenna on the top and on the bottom. Um, the colour of the thing, I, I can't really recall because at that point, the, the irrational fear had set in. I'm, I don't know what I'm looking at. This thing, you know, what we witnessed before about the dancing star and then the way it lit up from how many hundreds of thousands of feet away it was just was, was in our face within within seconds and, and just hovered right in front of us. I remember saying to Kate, like, what do you, what do you want me to do? And she said, let's just get out of here. And... Um, from from books I read when I was sixteen on UFOs, paranormal, all these sort of sort of things. It was only one book really in particular, but mixed stories. Um, was the understanding that electrics in your car won't work? You know, your radio doesn't work. Cars turn off, things like that. And I'm thinking, oh man, if my car doesn't start, I'm gonna flip out, lose my mind, just out of out of sheer terror. You know what I mean? So I was I was frozen, absolutely frozen for, for a matter of, say, 10 seconds or so. And I just sort of pulled myself together and, and asked her again. I said, look, what do you want me to do? And excuse the language, she said, just go, just fucking go. So I, I built the courage up. I turned the key. Thank goodness the car did start. So the car started to get out of this boat ramp. But like I said before, it's a little cul-de-sac. So it was as easy as a U-turn. I've chucked a U-turn all the while, man. I didn't look at this at this craft again. I was I was in fear, so I just panicked. Like, let's get out of here. So I'm heading up the boat ramp, which was a reasonably steep hill, um, say 50 metres long to get out of there. And at the end, it's a T in the section. You chuck it right, and that's when I actually build up the courage to to look over my shoulder and have a look. And as you start driving around. Um, just let me explain for a minute. The, the roads around the lake around here, uh, they all hug the lake pretty much. They're on a bit of a hillside and all hug the, hug the lake. So, and it's all um, not one way in, one way out, but you can, you can just drive the whole headland around and, and have easy view of the lake. So as I'm turning right out of this driveway <clears throat> and cruising around the road, this thing started following us around the water. And being the driver of the car, that was sort of the last I looked and we're driving along, driving along, and Kate's just saying to me, it's following us, it's following us. I'm like, oh, damn, you know, and 
and drove, I'd like to say, at a safe speed, probably not. Um, headed off back to another part of the lake, Killaban Bay, which is probably about three kilometres away. But as I said, it all hugs the road. So we're driving around that way. Um, we got back to a friend's house who lives on the waterfront. And we just sat in the car for a minute trying to gather ourselves, uh, reflect on what happened. Also, now we had to get out of the car and, and the water being so close, um, as I said, I don't know. And Kate wouldn't have been able to tell if this thing had followed us the whole way. There's trees, there's, there's houses in the way. So, and we're just thinking, man, this thing's going to be set out in front of this person's house. Like, and I remember doing a countdown and we're like, ready, one, two, three. And we just flung our doors open and ran as fast as we could. And we're knocking on the door and, and uh, one, of the, one of the guys answered and it's like, hey, man, what's going on? And we just like bust in the house, like let us in, let us in. <clears throat> and then we sat down and we told him what had happened. Of course, you get a bit of ridicule, like, oh, come on, man, you know, it's woo, UFOs and stuff. But then, then the way we were reacting and the way we were pretty serious about it and not really getting in on the gag sort of brought them around and they're like, wow, man, really, like, tell us what happened. And uh, as I just explained to you, we told them and they're just like, wow, that, that's, that's full on. Um, I don't know how long we would have sat there with those guys for. I imagine it's a long time because it's still absolutely terrified at what had just happened. Um, and then I suppose we would have built the courage up to leave at some stage and dropped her off and, and home. Like where, where we pulled up at our friend's house, Kate lived a mere 100 metres away, so it wasn't uh, too far to go. But, yeah, that's our experience, man. It didn't seem uh, too much to get out, but... Um, when I think about it and I replay it over in my head all the time, it just takes so long. Yeah. Did you happen to take notes of what the craft did after like you bailed into your friend's house? No, no. Um, and I don't think it followed us all the way around. Uh, like I said to you, just um, as I turned out of the boat ramp, it was no longer stationary and it started to come up and around to, the, to make that left-hand bend. And then as I'm driving, you know, I'm, I'm trying to concentrate on the road and, and Kate's just said, it's, it's following us, it's, it's yeah. following Yeah, so, as long as yeah. you're still following you to your house or some of your friend's house there or not all the way, basically. So at some point you must have sort of just lost it. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, not sure. It, it might have lost us and I, 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 I can't, can't tell you, Anthony, no. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. No, that's fine. So like how, how did your friends sort of react to this? Like, you know, obviously, obviously the whole gag and gigging and sort of stuff like that start there, but like, like, did they sort of come around thinking like, you know, like, were they sort of skeptical on the whole topic in general or did you sort of like bring them around a little bit? I think by the end of the conversation, man, uh, the way we were reacting, it wasn't uh, something we'd made up. Um, they were like uh, friends, friends of ours through Kate that I'd known and Kate had grown up with these guys and knew her very well and, um, and, and held her in respect, I suppose. And by the end of the conversation, I'm, I'm pretty sure they, they believed everything we said. Yeah, but obviously there weren't, like, um, you know, people who have a sort of a belief beforehand, like... Not belief. that I know of, man. No, not that I know of. No, that's fair enough. That's cool. Because, like, it's it's sort of strange, like, what the whole concept of, like, a, a cube craft is. Like, it's not the first time I've heard of it. But when it comes to, like, a cubish sort of craft and with antennas on both sides there, it sort of makes you wonder, like, what's the concept of one of these... Yeah. Of, yeah, because it's, it's it's not the the, the basic disc shape or or um, cigar shape thing that you usually hear of, and it wasn't until just recently listening to a couple of podcasts and actually seeing one picture of the fifty most observed UFOs, and one was a cube, and I couldn't believe it, and it had an antenna on the top, uh, it might have had on the bottom, but the the way the thing was was set on the page, I couldn't see, but um. Also, uh, with the, the, the tic-tac thing that's been going on lately, some of their, their craft observed have been a, a cube inside a um, trans, transparent sphere. So it, over the years, you know, this happened, like I said, 22 years ago. You sort of guess yourself and go, I've never heard of a cube-shaped UFO before, but now I have um, a couple of times. So Yeah, so it's not your classic common sort of perception of what you'd think a UFO would be, and that's what sort of, throws a perception out of what you're actually looking at because, like, for one, you don't even know what you're looking at to begin with. Yeah. And it, you sort of start questioning, well, what the hell is that? Because it's, it's not usually something you see every day. Well, <laughs> if you're lucky to see it every day or if any time at all. And yeah. so it was just sort of like when you, like, 
don't know, you, you experienced it. Like, how would you feel? Like, how were you feeling when you sort of, sort of first saw this? Like, what were your... Uh, at first, uh, when it was just the dancing star in the sky, it was just like, wow, that's different, you know. Um, that's obviously not a plane or anything. And like I said, I, I said to Kate, I think you're onto something. I'd never shown any detailed interest in UFOs before, um, I believe, uh, and did back then. Um, had never experienced anything before. So to see this, it wasn't a write-off for me. It was like, a, you know, yeah, whatever in the sky. So, yeah, I, I paid interest to that. But, um, yeah, the events afterwards, man, were it was, it was so direct and so personal. You know, it was um, for this thing to be so far away. Um, I don't know if anyone else saw it that night, and I imagine it hard to believe that no one else seen what we've seen. It, like the houses along the waterfront are many and close, like, Someone would have had to have seen this big, bright light. Um, and like I said before, I describe it as a, as a car's headlights turning on full bright. But, but the more I think about it now over the last few weeks, was it always that bright? And it was because of the fact that it come at us at such a speed and, and got that close to us that it was always that bright and it just, it just come across as if it lit up and, and shot across because the distance it was away from us, man, was, like I said, an, an airliner in the sky off in the far, far distance to to between 20 and 30 metres in front of us with ob uh, non-obstructed views. There's nothing. It's hovering on the lake above the water, absolutely motionless, absolutely soundless. Um, it's it's uh, appearance to me almost looked white, which is another thing I, I always question myself on. I've never heard of a white or a cream-coloured UFO, or was it? Because at that stage, it was, it was almost dark. You know, this thing went on for a while, but it wasn't the usual shiny disc object and, and stuff. So I, I've run this through my head thousands of times and, and asked myself many questions on, on all different aspects of, of what happened. Do you think it might have been like the light sort of glowing around the actual craft itself that could have been given that sort of colour? Mate, that's that's highly possible. Uh, the reflections off the water from street lights that were around because it wasn't a, it wasn't pitch black, you know. Like I said, there's a, there's a light at the boat ramp itself. There's little jetties out the front with lights on them. There's houses with lights on them. So, uh, mate, possible it was it was a reflection of something. Yeah, because you see like any sort of like markings or any sort of detail to the actual craft itself. Zero, zero markings, zero markings at all. Yeah, okay, so just flush paneling, just in a, was it like pretty much like a straight cube, like a, like you know, as if you would, or maybe like a bit, uh, I think you said like what about two meters by three meters roughly, so a bit rectangular yep. in, sh in a sense. Yep, straight square edges, perfectly straight, right angles, just a yeah, a, a, not not a cube as such, but a, a rectangular sort of yep. shape to it. So yeah, two meters high, three meters wide. Yeah, that's still a decent size to it, though. Like, it sort of makes you wonder if, like, if it was actually being occupied, or if it could have just been like a bit of a drone ship or something like. That. And massive, it also massive. makes you wonder, like, what was it doing? And and the technologies, you know, twenty two years ago, we we didn't have drones. The, not that I know of. Yeah. Um, we don't live in a high military area. Like, there's Williamtown RAF base, probably as a crow fires fifty to sixty k's away from us, but. You know, you see, well, used to see jets fly over and you'd hear them coming, but this thing, the speed it come over and, and was, was silent and, and just hovering, man. Yeah. Do you sort of feel like the, the dancing star could have been this craft at that time? I, I, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because um, when, when we seen the dancing star sort of thing going in and out behind clouds, it would go in and then come come back out, you know. So it wasn't just travelling at one trajectory. It was it was coming back in and out. And then when we lost it to say it was behind a cloud. So then, you know, sporadic clouds here and there. It was a fairly clear day. Weather was great. Um, so, we, like I said, we're scanning the sky for where this thing is. And it, it was the only, only thing in the sky at that time and, and pretty easily visible. So I believe it was the same thing as the Dancing Star. That was that was going on. Yeah, that's incredible. Before, inst like, it was like once we caught sight of it again, it was like a recognition, like, hey, they're looking at us, like, let's go over and see them, almost type of thing. I, I can't see why it would choose us to to come over to, but yeah, from man, all all that 
all that distance in the the time it took like the snap of a finger there it was yeah it's absolutely incredible it's sort of like a bit of a, a strange thing to sort of recognize that like some people have the gift of actually seeing these things um you know sort of feel like they've been chosen in some sense like to witness something like this and so it makes you wonder why certain people are getting chosen but others aren't and i don't know i'm still trying to work that part out myself like there could be like some sort of uh connection or you know some sort of vibration that you guys might have been given off or something like you sort of to attract them or something i'm not really 100 sure like obviously um so what we've worked out so far in regards to these beings or crafts whatever you want to call them you know there's sort of be a bit of a vibrational signal that we sort of give off and assigns us a bit of a connection with them as well i'm not sure how far in depth he's gone in with this whole subject and whatnot but it just seems to be a, a an emotional connection at least or some sort of vibration that we're giving off that gives us the abilities to connect in some sense and i sort of feel like you might have been whatever you were doing at the time you know it sort of gave off that vibration to attract them yeah, man, that, that's possible. Um, I haven't researched that sort of thing after the event or anything like that. Um, I've heard on, on lots of different podcasts and lots of different clips I've listened to that some people have multiple experiences. Yeah. Um, I've never had another one after this. Um, I'd like to say I'd like to. I don't know how I'd react to it, but it would be great to happen again. But, um, yeah, I'm not one of those people that, that – um, that have the multiple experiences and these things keep coming back to, um, as for what happened that night, whether it was a, a, a vibe we were, we were thrown out. I, I, I can't tell you. It just, it just happened to us. Um, and, and one thing I do remember through, through talking to Kate about afterwards, it was like, yeah, it, it was as if it knew we were watching it. Yeah. So how was Kate feeling after all this? Was she pretty buzzed or was she still a bit, frightened from the whole experience shaking shaking up man yeah absolutely so um obviously in the days afterwards we we would have spoke about what happened um like i said before i don't remember these conversations and i I really wish i did um years and years later uh i I spoke to my wife about it who was very skeptical like oh yeah ufo you see the ufo a bit of a jibe at me and stuff and i'm like well hey listen um this actually happened and Kate was there. And uh, that was probably one of the first times I reached out to Kate about it and said, hey, do you, because after, say, 20 years, I've been with my wife for nearly 21 years now. So after, say, let's say 15 years, you start to question, did it really happen? Like, did it happen the way I thought it happened? And and when I reached out to Kate, and Kate sent me this uh, fairly long message that, say, five, six years ago now, I, I haven't kept or anything like that and don't remember in detail, but um, was pretty much exactly what i remember from that night and i called my wife out and said hey come and read this you know i'm i'm not crazy uh people who believe in ufos aren't crazy and uh, a lot of people are unfortunate enough to be there by themselves and and not have that that backup to say hang on a sec man i was i was there this is what happened and for her to to relay my story back to me pretty much word for word and for someone else to read it i got like this "Mm, okay this Stabby nod of approval. Like, well, maybe you're not crazy. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, you, you, it helps a lot when you have someone there to go and sort of witness with you because it adds that bit more credibility to it. And yeah. Obviously, it verifies that you're not going crazy. You're not. You're not hallucinating because you're obviously seeing the same thing. So, yeah. Again, it just adds so much more credibility when you have multiple witnesses on the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much. I'm just going to go switch this light on. I'm going pretty yep. dark on. I'll, I'll take the phone with me. Um, and that was one of the things that um, definitely got me to reach out to you, Anthony, was that uh, I had someone with me and it not only... Oops, sorry. Yep. Not only does it make it more credible to people listening to the story, but also uh, gave faith in myself that I wasn't crazy. And after all these years, it wasn't just something I imagined or I didn't leave things out or i didn't put things in it just that's that's the way it was yeah so when i actually contacted kate and said look i'm going on this podcast uh would you like to come on and she's like oh, i'm a bit nervous um i might give that a miss we, we had the conversation again about you know can you can you tell me what you recall in case there's there's something you know some more information i, I could put in but um man uh everything was pretty much the same the distances the craft was from us the the events leading up to it was 
was yeah, basically identical. Yeah, no, that's still either way. It's still an amazing experience there, like regardless of like it's always had a bit of a frightening moment at the time there, but it's still incredible to be able to see something that close to get a reasonably enough detail to sort of like question yeah. what you're actually seeing. So, yeah. how's your wife sort of feel now? Like, like after you, she's like, you've obviously had a um, credible response to this to sort of back your your statement up. How does your wife feel now? Is she still a bit sceptical on the whole thing? Or is she... Well, I th- not not on my experience so much, but um, sceptical still on the whole thing, which to, to people like you and I is, is, is crazy, you know what I mean? Um, I suppose we've all got our own interests, and to me, one is, is UFOs, which are now UAPs and stuff like that. Um, the thought process that I put into it, as to why I believe they're here to, and to people just to, to write it off with probably out giving it one second of thought. It's, it's just a bit crazy to me, but my wife doesn't show any interest in it. And um, I suppose she believes what I say, but um, maybe until it happens to her one day, she, she'll show no interest. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, that's one of the things that, you know, like people need to go and actually witness it for themselves half the time. Like I was yeah. saying is believing and when they do see something, it sort of opens up their whole world and their perspective on what the reality is out there, you know. And yep. You know, either way, like the reason for doing this show is to sort of try and help people understand that these things are actually out there, even if you do have a bit of a sceptical sort of take on the whole entire topic. But, yeah. you know, not everyone's bullshitting, not everyone's lying about this whole topic there. People are seeing strange things that they don't understand. Uh, some of it is misidentifications, but either way, this is still that perception there where that people are actually seeing that it's something that is defying our own sort of technological uh, capabilities, you know. There's things that we just don't understand it that, that exists, you know, and that's what we're trying yeah. to find out. And yeah. something like in your case there, which you've witnessed there, that defies what we understand. And, and I suppose that's where the irrational uh, fear come from was I just um... – didn't understand what was going on. I, I kind of knew when, like Kate said, there's a UFO. Well, that's what I thought it was. But what happened afterwards was, yeah, it's something that was hard to comprehend. But uh, to get back to the topic of, of belief and whatnot, um, I find it a bit frustrating these days that you have to be a David Fravor or you have to be part of the military or or some uh, organisation that wears, wears a uniform for, for people to be believed these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I understand that. It is a little bit frustrating too, but it, it also adds that bit more credibility, a bit more seriousness to it because obviously oh, we hold, hold them at a bit of a higher regard in that sense because, like, well, who else do we sort of look look up to in a sense? You know, military personnel and people of government, you know, with they're, they're the, the rules of the world basically. And so we look to them to sort of like tell us, are we like, are we, is, is this false? Or like, what are we being told here? Or what are people seeing, you know? And after all these years, you know, it's sort of been swept under the rug. It's been shunned upon, you know, people have been called crazy and whatnot there. And now that this is actually coming out, I guess it needs those high-end sort of figures, the um, person, you know, like in that regard where they, they can be um, uh, taken seriously. Yeah. Yeah, so we don't have much in the way of mainstream media over here. Um, what got me really back into it uh, not too long ago was, um, oh, what's his name now, Coulthard. Yeah, Ross Coulthard. Ross Coulthard, yeah. So uh, i seen his thing on Channel 7. I had a couple of mates that were interested, and we're all on, on social media, like, oh, man, you've got to watch Channel 7. It's on, it's on now. This is really interesting. So I ended up buying the book and reading the book. But um, like the Tic Tac and the Gimbal and all that, that was through Time magazine and probably – well publicised on their mainstream media over there. We, we just don't have that over here. So worldwide it might be getting more accepted and stuff like that, but still here in this country, like today at work, I was pretty excited that um, I was going to be talking to you tonight, but still with that uh, that fear of ridicule, I didn't say to any of the boys, and I really wanted to, like, oh, you know, if you want to hear something interesting, log in tonight and, and listen to this. But, you know, people's attitudes towards them still over here, unless you've had an experience yourself, they just write it off. They haven't yeah. put any thought into it and just like, well, oh, same old man, you're a weirdo. Yeah, well, unfortunately, like, if they actually have a listen to what people's experiences are, like, not just his own, but, you know, they'll sort of get a bit of a better idea of 
the reality out there and that's like i was saying like you know that's the whole idea behind this whole podcast basically and what i do is running the ufo sites on the facebook there to try and explain you know to people that these things are actually real you know people are experiencing something that we can't explain and that's yeah, yeah the truth is out there and, go, yeah. and that sort of thing and it, it is happening more and more i don't know it's just because i believe and i listen to a lot of podcasts but um 20 years ago there wasn't hundreds of stories to go to bed to each night and plug into your ears and just listen away it's that's right it wasn't the way and it's it's getting more more prevalent now which is a good thing and um i just hope i'm alive when the day comes that this full disclosure is finally made and and whatever the next step is i just i hope i'm still around yeah look obviously australia is very far behind on when it comes to this whole disclosure thing um we are trying um got myself there got grant levac out there ross Coulthard's having a good go at it as well like we're all trying to get australia to try and back america up but unfortunately you know uh, america's got their hands deep in australia's pockets basically to try and hold them back a bit and go hey look we're taking control of this you don't say anything and so australia's just like going yeah right whatever it's not our problem so you know even though it's still an undeniable that the americans have admitted to this whole topic that they got things flying around their airspaces that they don't understand, which should be taken seriously worldwide, regardless of like what they don't know what it is. Why wouldn't you? That's what's crazy to me. If someone's seen something on the news or or a newspaper, however they they receive that information, wouldn't that just spark some interest in your mind and just go wow? Instead of just writing it off instantly and going, oh, that's that's batshit crazy. That's insane. Yeah, and like obviously. Like, People want to claim them as a, like, like trying to treat them as a threat, but if they were a threat, we would have been done by now. You know, Absolutely, they're, they're yeah. well and truly in front of us. They've they've had yep. multiple opportunities to sort of wipe us out if they really want to go and take over. But to go and put it into a, a under the the genre of as a threat, it's sort of it's meant to try and take it on as a more serious serious sort of topic. Um, yep. So you know, everyone or military in particular take it seriously and go, all right, we need to figure out what these things are so we can understand what they are and, you know, be prepared if something was to go wrong. So I'm, I don't like the way that's being called a threat, but it's just the way it has to be sort of explained at this point just so people yeah. will actually acknowledge it. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you there through listening to, um, I can't remember the guy's name now, the little grey goatee there, but he always refers to these things as... Uh, that's the guy, uh, you know, invading their airspace. And I can understand that from a military point of view, that is what's happening and they've got to control what it is. But like you're just saying then, man, it's, it's always a threat. Yeah. It's, I don't see it as a threat. No. Say, if, if, they, if, they, if they were threatening, shit would have happened a long time ago. Definitely. And um, what was I going to say then? I've lost myself now. <laughs> yeah. um, but, oh, yeah. So, like, you know, they the, I don't know how well you've been keeping up with the whole thing there, but you know they had drones flying around U.S. military ships and that sort of stuff, and they're trying to pass it off as maybe the Chinese or something like that, you know. But in saying that, like they've already admitted to the point that like China and Russia don't have this technology that they're aware of, you know. But they're still saying you know these drones are sort of flying around our ships. We don't know who owns them or who or what they are, but yet they don't take it as a threat. So it's like, well, why aren't you taking it as a threat? Because to me, that's you're a military ship, you know, you're on the defense all the time. That's the whole point of being a military. You're ready for any action that's going to come at you. And these things are flying around your airspace there and not unknowingly of who they are, yet they're not a threat. It's like, well, what do you know that would be not calling them a threat to go and sort of retaliate? It's almost one of two things. They either know more than they are letting us know that they know or they know nothing at all. Yeah. But from from everything they've had on their radars, all the different data collection they've got from it, <clears throat> they know there's something there. But uh, yeah, like I said, they know they know what it is, or they know nothing at all. Yeah, that's right. It's I, I find it hard to believe they know nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, they've played dumb very well, but they've also done it very stupidly at the same time. They've given off hints over the years that they're still looking into like UFOs and stuff, but then they backtrack quickly and go, "Oh no, 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 we're sorry, we're not doing anything like that." You know. <laughs> But to the, in today's sort of world, um, it's a bit harder to get away with these days. Like they're, they're trying to backtrack a little bit now, I feel, because uh, like they were starting to come out with the whole, you know, or they admitted to the whole UAP thing there. But now that it's been trying to, well, 
Yeah, they brought it into the... the um... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ah, I think now was the uh I have it in my head there, I can't do it now, but words don't want to come to my head. Congress, uh they you know they admitted to the the release of the UAPs and stuff like that, and Congress has asked for a UFO report, but yet still we haven't received anything on regards to the UFO, UFO report. Yep. So it's like they're trying to hold off as long as they can, so people either try and forget about it and go, "Well, we don't." Yeah. And people lose interest. Yep. But um, also, they're not going to give out any more videos or details because it's under national security, you know, for them for themselves. Which is sad because, like, we were hoping to get some more detailed information, sort of similar, like the um, like the Tic Tac footage there, or the Go Fast, you know, the gimbal. Listen, that's what that's what I was hoping for, and I'm sure everyone else is sort of hoping for a bit more uh, footage or pictures or imagery or something like you know something that's a bit more compelling to what they've shared. Because to me, yeah. I don't, I'm not satisfied with what they've shared to begin with. No, 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 those black and white images are like as, as exciting as it was back when they were released. That's like it's washed over now. You know, it, it yeah. got really exciting there for a while, and now it's just plateaued off a little bit. But um, this uh, is it, Jeremy Cor- Corbell or yep, Corbell, yep. Or whatever, yeah, I've heard a lot of his podcasts and stuff, and he says he's got some footage that'll just absolutely blow your mind, but for whatever legal reasons it, it is, he, he can't release them. It's like, oh, dude, that's that's painstaking, you know what I mean? Just get it out there so we can that's see right. and release that info. Yeah, it's sort of sad. Like he's, he's under a bloody jurisdiction there for legal rights and all sort of stuff and whatnot, but it's sort of it's, it's going to get to that point there where you go, like, bugger it. Click, send, everyone, <laughs> you know, it's got to get to that. It's got to get to that point. And so there's like, everyone's just pissy farting around the bush to go and sort of do a slow release. But everyone's like, especially in like the UFO community, it's like, just hurry the fuck up and just give, give us what we want. Because we already know they're out there. You just, you're just dilly-daddling the whole thing. And I, I don't know how he'd prove it as such, but the the sources that he's got these videos and, and, and still photos and that from are super credible sources. So, man... Throw it out there. Your name will go down in history. Just do it for us. That's right. Or just go, oh, whoops, I didn't mean to do that. You know, it was an accident. Sorry, guys. I, um, I can't delete it now. Oh, damn. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> yeah, like I said, man, I just hope I'm around when it happens. Yeah, same. I'm hoping it's going to come around in our lifetime at least. Because um, honestly, I, I would have thought like by now, like we should at least be having like a bit of a Star Wars saga going on. You know, we're going th- between planets here and there and, Traveling around the universe in little ships and stuff, and enjoying the what's out there. It's going, you know. Yeah. 
we don't even have hover skateboards yet. What's going oh, on with no. that? Oh, the movie's lied to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. So a question I'll sort of bring up too is like anyone in your family had any history with in regards to UFOs at all? Um, well, yeah, my dad. My dad once. Uh, very simple story. I don't remember the finer details of, but dad's, dad's someone that I've always spoken to about pretty much anything. And when I, I went home that night and told dad what had happened, he's like, oh, well, really, you know, didn't didn't brush it off. He's like, oh, I, when, when I was a child, dad's from Wales. Um, when, when I was a child, I seen one one night. Like I said, don't remember the finer details, but yeah, just was open ears and, and really interested in what I had to say. So, yeah. But other than Dad, we're, we're the only family besides my uncle in Perth, which is thousands of k's away from Newcastle. Yeah, that we're the only ones here. So um, maybe one or two friends that I've spoken to. Like, I've, I've told the story I told to you guys tonight to uh, half a dozen, maybe a dozen people at most. And, and every, well, maybe twice I've had someone go, oh, man, that's super interesting. Well, listen to this. And it's told me something back. Other people are just wide-eyed, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you know, I've known you for a while. You seem pretty credible. But this topic of conversation is just pretty, like, a bit too out there for me. But, um, yeah, no one in my close circle or, or family has, has had anything near as, as what I've experienced, yeah, which is definitely. a shame. I'd love, to, I'd love to hear it, you know. Yeah, definitely. So it sort of makes you leave the question there with um... – Kate, I hope she's in the in the comments here somewhere. Like, I'm wondering if like Kate might have had a, might have a history with her family in regards to them having experiences there. So just I'm just trying to get an idea because like sometimes going through my research there, it's family bloodlines that sort of have a relationship or there's some sort of connection there with regards to these beings or whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, I call it a blood contract. Because uh, obviously there's some sort of deal being made in the past there where the family bloodlines there's a trait in the in the genes of that family that they've got an interest in. So obviously yep. they go through the predecessors of the family there and go through and take their pick basically. So it sort of makes you lead down the track there. Or if nothing's really too much on your side of the family, could there possibly be something there with Kate, or could it just been a, an absolute coincidental one-off that you both experienced something? Yeah, well, it's something I can ask Kate in the in the future if um if it is anything you know if she's heard anything from uh, any of her family or if if herself's experienced anything after what we did twenty two years ago, which highly possible. You never know. Yeah, it's interesting. That's, that's something I'll I'll go. I let her know that this was on yesterday, so hopefully she's on there somewhere. And um, if not, she'll listen to it at a later date, and I'll I'll converse with more and try and yeah. find out more yeah no that sounds good no that's awesome though because it's just yeah it's sort of interesting to try and figure out what's the bigger connection what's the bigger story here like people claim that they're taking people away and you know like i was saying like they've got some sort of trait in the genes there that they want trying to do a bit of hybridization between their species and our species you know trying to create uh, a more durable being that can sort of withstand our world or something you know there's obviously a, a bigger picture to it or they're trying yep. to like keep their species alive yeah in that regard there's obviously lots of different theories really but it's just which one's the right one <laughs> the theories are endless hey i've sat, sat awake at night lots of times running the the what what i perceive as the the most reasonable scenarios around like what's happening and then it's it's endless the mind boggles it does, and it just leaves you still questioning to this day, like, well, what the hell are we seeing? What's going around? What's happening? Because you know, it goes back to, like, thousands of years with this whole yeah. thing. Like, you see it in the pictures of um, the hieroglyphs and other paintings from other races around the world, other countries and that, from ancient times. And it's like, well, they've obviously had some sort of influence here with humans throughout the times. So it's like, yeah, if they've been around that long, why didn't they influence us? sooner you know sort of bring us up to their technology and sort of guide us along the way like because we could be like yeah like i was saying you know we could be the whole star wars saga traveling through the stars right now and oh, man, that's, human that, race. those technologies i believe and that's my what i described to my missus as my tinfoil hat that i wear sometimes and that's all being withheld from us it has to be yeah but it's just like why has it got to be here withheld from us like obviously you look at religions they've taken over the world they were in control of the worlds basically back in the day but even before that time where they were sort of 
playing a little bit of an influence in our lives. It's like, um, why? Why do they choose to not interact? You know, it's yeah, it's one of those questions, really. Yeah, we've got to get out of the stone ages, man, and 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 progress. Yeah, because like for all you know, like if they did actually go and play a part in our lives in those ancient times, there, even though I don't know humans can be brutal and we don't have the right sort of vibrations or connections you know the the, the heart peace and harmony that we should be in already uh, hang on a sec sorry man right. yeah the young fella's just coming to say good night i think yeah, right. <laughs> i him off he's he's gone yeah no, that's right um so you basically like you know um i never lost myself here <laughs> sorry mate no you're right that's right um like if they did go and sort of influence us like why such the big long wait in between that you know we could have been taught and sort of guided along to be sort of a lot more peaceful and loving and you know we would have been a lot better connected instead of going through these years of war yeah. where you know someone's gonna be the higher power in that sense you know and then we, we could have avoided all these world wars and still to this day like you know avoiding conflict between countries we could have been in like a whole utopia and yeah. obviously that's the end game but it's like well why why did it have to be like this man you could go crazy thinking about that sort of stuff yeah like literally uh, yeah like my, my past comments like we've got to get out of the stone ages we need to progress from where we are now and it's it's accessible i believe and it's just been withheld from us yeah. i mean yeah it might be a bit stereotypical but you're nikola tesla's and his free energy and yeah. that sort of thing like not gonna sound strange coming from me i'm a coal miner but like why are we still using fossil fuels why are we not flying around in our cars now we're still using petroleum and creating pollution and and uh, from where we should be it's, it's stone age stuff yeah it's it's crap because like you know also a lot of inventions have been lost over the year but all thanks to capitalism you know people are money hungry and yeah yeah know, just what do they can sort of gain money from that's that's it's the stupid part you know greed has taken over the whole world. when when do we progress though like when when that runs out what what's next well, that's the thing too. Like you look at like uh, you know, like the Elon Musk and you know you Jeff Epstein. Uh, is it, I think it's the Amazon guy. Yeah, they have got so much money. Like, like, why do you need so much money to just to for what reason? It's like obviously yeah, you go okay. What Elon Musk is what he what he's doing with his companies there. Like he's got people working there trying to um, upgrade the space race. And now Jeffrey Epstein is it Jeffrey Epstein? I'm thinking that's the right guy. Anyway, he's yeah he's getting into the space race now like obviously space is our next whole gain for the future but yep like why do we need so much money in that sense that like for one person or like one family basically just for what for like obviously like the money that can be used for other things to help progress in that sense but yep yeah it's, it's useless to them like look you, you can't sit there it's just sitting there in, in your account like yeah what is the point of it? I, I've heard, don't know whether it was someone or, or read it there somewhere before, but a lady with a hundred cats is called crazy. A person with a full house is called a hoarder, but someone that just hoards all that amount of money is looked highly upon. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. But I suppose there's no, um, uh, no, um, uh, lost myself now. You know, hundred cats aren't going to pay the bills. <laughs> you, know, in that sense, yeah. <laughs> you can try and trade them off, but I'll, I'll be like, no, thank you. I'll go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't want your damn cat. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, um, it's it's strange. So um, look, if you if you those are your only pretty much your own experience, wasn't it? And yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, no, that's, and that's uh, yeah, like it just took like five minutes to tell you. So and yeah. and a lot of. Experiences I've heard on your podcast are they they just fleeting, you know, they're they're over pretty quickly, but um, very long lasting on on the people that experience them. That's right, because it, it's it sticks to your head for the rest of your life, basically, and in, in the hope of seeing something amazing as well. It's 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 just one of those life changing experiences there where you still question, going, what the hell is going on? Like, and like you were saying before, like you still question it to this day, like, did it happen? Was it real? Like, you know, am I? was like going crazy you had to go and sort of back yourself up and go and find out for yourself with Kate there and it's like well, you know. well there was actually uh I think it might have even been the first podcast I listened to of yours there was a lady from the Putty Road um which is 
I used to travel along the Putty Road to work when I worked up the Hunter Valley. So it's, it's no longer than an hour away. It's very popular with motorcyclists and stuff like that. But um, what stuck with me with her is she said she was just absorbing as much as she could and was taking in as many details as she could. And I'm like, well, wow, what composure compared to, to my experience and that fear that was going on. So when I first had contact with you and was thinking about everything, I'm like, oh, God, I just wish I could have been like that lady and, and absorbed so much more. So instead of a five-minute story, it could have been, you know, a, just a, a better encounter for me, for for anyone who's listening as well, like just not these terrified images that I that I have in my head. Yeah, no, look, that's fine. Like a lot of people only have like a bit of a glimpse of the of something that sort of defies their logic. You know, it's regardless of being five minutes or a story or whatnot, it's still more that you can still discuss because like, obviously, like opinions on the whole matter. Because obviously, it's something that's changed your perspective of the world, and so it's something that you sort of start looking more interested in. You know. You know it, and that's what I was saying to you I think, um, before we started the show here. Like, you know, people have to experience something there to sort of really take the topic seriously and start, they start getting an interest and start, like, you know, studying it a little bit. You know, you start like, getting a bit more detailed information or researching into the whole thing a little bit, you know. Yeah. And even though it's still a five minute story, it's still a mind blowing experience either way. And, Oh, 100%, 100%. And that recent contact with Kate, just to reconfirm everything that happened that all those years ago. But um, I could honestly say that even if I didn't have that experience, the the UFO subject with everything that's that's come out in the last few years is something I, I probably would have always had an interest in. I, I don't believe for me personally that I would have had to have that experience to, to find this interesting and, and just gobsmacking, really. You yeah. watch the the Coulthard special that was on Channel 7 and, and try and tell me you're not interested, intrigued after watching that. Like, yeah, no, he's done a good job on it. And obviously, like, a lot of people then started questioning the actual whole topic there. It's like as if it was a forgotten sort of, well, taboo topic, you know, and then they, like, started looking at it and, well, because it's obviously there, they might have, like, even just flicked over by accident and it's like, oh, this thing's on. Okay, yeah, right, I'll have a watch this list. And it's like, oh, shit, okay, something's actually a bit more serious with these. Are these people over these years aren't actually crazy or on drugs, you know. They don't belong in the loony bin. People are actually seeing these things. Yeah. If, if, yep. Especially if the media is starting to take it a lot more serious, then, you know, it's something that everyone else needs to start to taking seriously. Yeah, well, just uh, those more credible sources, you know. Hopefully we see a lot more of them on the news and, and keep hearing it like was discussed before. It's, it's all sort of taken a lull now and I haven't heard of anything for a while i'm starting to run out of podcasts to listen to when i go to bed tonight so i need <laughs> something else to feed the fire yeah well see look at like um all the documentaries that are out there it's pretty much all the same sort of thing like they always cover the same stories like they'll, they'll go and go back to roswell or something like you know and they'll start going through the history of different sightings around the world that's sort of taken them in a high regard you know westall always seems to get mentioned um there's maybe like fred valentich or you know someone else around the world where it's saying, you know, it might be a bit of exciting for these documentaries. But when it comes to podcasts, I sort of feel like, you know, these are the people here coming on the show talking about their experience there. You're getting first-hand witness statements. And whilst there is a bit of a similarity to their experiences with everyone else, it's still a genuine different experience because it's their experience, you know. Yeah. Their emotion is behind the whole thing. Like yourself, like you can, when you're telling the story, like you, you, you can hear you're not, bullshitting i'm not i'm not trying to claim anyone's bullshitting but you know you can hear a genuine experience when they're telling the story it it, there's a lot of credibility to what they're they're saying yeah yeah and uh i I, that that lady i mentioned before from the putty road that you could you could hear her podcast was so enjoyable man and i'm not sure how long ago that was, but yeah, the, just the genuine genuity in her voice, uh, everything she described it was, it was, yeah, there was not for a second did I think, oh, he's just some yokel telling a telling a story for a five minutes of fame or whatever. That was awesome. Yeah, and see, that's the other thing too. Like, no one's here getting really any fame out of this. They're not getting any money. Like, I'm, I can't afford to pay people to go <laughs> on the podcast. You know, <laughs> everything's all volunteer. Like, they, okay, yeah, they might get like a bit of an hour of. Um, fame for that time you know but they're not getting anything after that you know they're not going out and start getting like um, you know they're getting their name on the Hollywood boardwalk or anything like that you know there's nothing of that sort of nature 
there's nothing to really gain from this except for sort of helping bring out the 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 credibility of what is actually out there you know that's that's the whole idea behind this well for me it was just to not so much get it off my chest but it's something that I haven't told a lot of people. And uh, when I listened to your podcast and it was like, oh, if you've got an experience, you know, you can catch me on Facebook or anything. It was oh, like, oh, wow, that's so exciting. For years, there's never been that avenue to let people know except for your, your family and friends and, and that's it. And, like, how many people can you tell the same story to? Yeah, that's it. And, and sort of, you know, not seem like a bit of a weirdo, you know, like, oh, this guy, every time you speak, you know, don't speak to old Chris over here, he's just going to tell you that UFO story again or whatever. But <laughs> now for like-minded people, man, I hope uh, someone's found this interesting tonight and I haven't rambled on too much. Yeah. No, it's it's, uh, it's awesome. Uh, so, um, look, mate, before we go, oh, actually, I do have one question before we end up, finish up here. But if anyone does have any questions here, they want to sort of throw in the comments here before we finish up, I'll um, definitely rule out the questions there. So um, one of the big questions I sort of ask on the podcast here, what do you sort of feel or who do you think or what these beings are? What's your sort of perspective on these things? Like what do you think they're from like they might be another galaxy, dimensional, something what you, uh, that could be terrestrial? What's your sort of opinion on these? Yeah, man, these over the are? years, over the years, my opinions have changed. I haven't found anything concrete that I, I believe in. The original theory was they're, they're extraterrestrial. Um and I almost still believe that. Um, other theories are it's, it's us from the from the future, time travellers. Like I find that I don't entertain the thought as to, as to the word entertain, but that's something that that makes sense to me as well. Um, the the theory of them, uh, like we've got that missing part of our DNA. You know, where did that come from? That side of things. You know, are they abducting people to 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 mix genes or or whatever? Um, but to answer your question in a whole, I suppose I, I still think that it's extraterrestrial. They're coming from from far distances and and other galaxies, planets, dimensions, whatever. They're just they're not from our world. Yeah, there's also yeah. Well, I'm sort of leaning more towards possibly terrestrial as well, with a bit of a mix of maybe ETs, because because um, you look through like ancient uh, civilizations there. Obviously, there's some sort of things been happening there. Yeah. You know, but then you look at the pyramids, you look at the, the Greek and Roman sort of uh, their, their temples, the pillars there, you know, those big massive pillars that are sitting up right and they've got the big ass beams across the top of them. It's like, how do they do that? Like, I'm not sure if you heard um, with our segments there with um, unlocking the coded realms uh, with Triffin and Grub there, like trying to go through and trying to pick out parts of interest there, you know, of ancient civilizations and the connection to yeah. today's world and ETs and whatnot. There's a lot of different things, the theories, and that, and whether they are from another galaxy, you know, it's obviously one of those things. But but people claiming they're from the Zeta or the Palladians, you know, all these beings coming from different races, and it's like, well, how can they get here in such a time? Like, well, how long does it take them, sort of thing, you know? And they're very much advanced than us. And could yeah. they be interdimensional? Could they get here? from another dimension and they're sort of interacting with us, hence why we can't see them or they're very quick to travel. Like, it's just so many questions and whether, like, I suppose there's no real wrong answers. It's just, <laughs> I suppose it's no, just whichever way and you want to sort of take it. I'd say you're very similar to me where the UFO subject branches you out into other things. I've, I've just currently finished watching Graham Hancock, and I've listened to thousands of his podcasts as well, but his uh, Ancient Apocalypse series, it's on Netflix recently, and... Um, that ancient ancestors of, of the humans, uh, how did they get their technologies back then? And, and, and it just goes on and on and on. The, the questions just lead into more questions. Yeah, it's just a big-ass wormhole. You can go down this one <laughs> little bit here and it just branches up to here and it's like, ah, oh, shit, now there's something over here. i got to look over here and it's like, ah, oh, where's it all? I just want to get like, the whole of and just roll into one and just like, figure out what the hell is going on, you know? <laughs> yeah, someone just give me the definitive answer. Yeah, that's it. But then they'll be boring then, because then you know, then we like then we know everything's like ah. So now what do we do? Well, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. But um, mate, look, if you got any um anything more to add towards the, the your thoughts on the whole matter or anything like before we finish up, I'm happy with that, man. Yeah. No, that's cool. No, I've got no more comments here. And um, 
yeah mate look mate thank you very much for coming to the show absolutely wonderful having you on here and it's um been an absolute pleasure reliving through your experience uh thanks anthony mate it was great to to come on and and yeah tell my story tell my experience yeah no it's absolutely wonderful so all right mate. yeah again mate thanks again mate and um i'll talk to you soon all right cheers anthony bye mate cheers and that will do it folks for this episode of encounters down under I hope you enjoyed the show and remember, you can also get involved in the show by joining the Facebook page and getting in on the live streams. Also, please be sure to share with your friends and family to help us grow and potentially find our next guest on the show. If you or you know someone who has had an encounter, please get in touch with me through our Facebook page via Messenger or email at australianufosightings@outlook.com.au. I look forward to seeing you on the next Encounter Down Under. Hooroo! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 